Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, and thank you for joining us as we share the good news of Christ's love. We share a rich tradition as a diverse and welcoming congregation. We strive to meet people where they are and join them on their faith journey as we carry out our mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world. We're grateful to have all of you as a part of our service of worship today. Today is Senior Recognition Sunday, and we are thankful for all who are here to Welcome celebrate to the joy of what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ. So we take this time now to focus on the privilege of being with each other in this holy place at this holy time.
fashion. God of the past, the present, and the future, you fulfill your promise to always be with us. Forgive us for ignoring your presence and not loving you with our whole heart. We confess that we have denied your love and have not shared your love with others. Free us from joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ has sent his spirit upon us to lead us in the way we should go. Our, Our sins are forgiven and died on the cross. Now we are called to follow him in love and sacrifice. God makes a community of those who take up their crosses and follow him. receive these joys and concerns from our community of faith. We pray for all experiencing grief and loss this day, and our Christian sympathy is extended to John Boyce, Lawson Boyce, and their family in the death of their wife and mother, Amy Boyce, to Anthony Joe Woods and family in the death of his aunt, Sandra Herring. We also pray for all who are ill and recently hospitalized, including Rick Blank Jr., Gloria Cleveland, Carol Kaur, Thurman Couch, Gwen Efrit, John Inglade, Seal Faulkner, Greg Hurd, Verna Jackson, Linda Jones, and Ife Proven. We rejoice in the birth of Annie Quincy Green, the child of Callie and Will Green. We extend our congratulations to our high school graduating seniors. May they continue to feel your presence in their lives and know that they are loved especially by their church family. We also lift up once again the people of Ukraine. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Resurrecting Christ, you turn the world upside down. You turn the world inside out when you revealed that there is life after death and love always has the last word. Therefore, we lift our prayers for this broken and bruised world so that you might transform them, transform them into sources of hope and healing. But God, we know you are full of mercy, and we hand over to you all the fragments and broken pieces of our lives that we don't know what to do with. Ruptured relationships, broken families, words unsaid, truths, unacknowledged. There is no limit to your forgiveness. So we give to you all that may feel beyond repair, beyond restoration. You continue to recreate and repair your world out of your abundant love. Help us to be attentive stewards of your creation and caregivers of all humanity. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, 
my peace I give to you. May these prayers make a home within our hearts and inspire us to share that peace with the world. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. you to stand for the reading of God's holy word as today we read from the ninth chapter of the book of Acts as we continue our series of sermons on acts of faith. Let us hear these holy words. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if they found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless, they heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. This is the word of God for the people of God. Before you're seated, please take a moment to greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. We again say a word of greeting this morning to all of you. We're grateful for your presence, those in the sanctuary, as well as those who are streaming all over the state and all over the country, as well as those who are watching on television. We say a special word of greeting this morning to those in Searcy and Fayetteville, Jonesboro and Cabot, among other places. We also say a word of greeting each week to those who are hospitalized who are watching our service of worship in their respective hospital room. We are grateful for your presence as well. You'll notice quickly on the back of your order of service, there is a night of worship a week from this Wednesday. You see a really good looking family there, an elderly father and his young son and wife. 
That is my son, Sam. He is going to be preaching here on May the 11th. He is the best preacher in the Robbins family. That is a Wednesday night. It is just a night of worship. It is a great celebration. We hope that you will be here. Please put that on your calendar. We're thankful you're here. Let us pray. O Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. Years ago, I was serving a church. As soon as I arrived, I went around to the respective Sunday school classes on my first Sunday morning to introduce myself. I walked down the hall to one room and outside the door of the Sunday school class was the title or name of that particular class, the IDTA class. Well, I was intrigued. What is the IDTA class? So as they gathered together, I said, tell me a little bit about the acronym IDTA. What does that stand for? And they said, preacher, we want to be real clear. Once you hear the title of this class, remember it. I said, okay, what is IDTA? It stands for, I did that already. So remember that, preacher. We've already done it. We've served our time. I said, that sounds like a prison sentence, serving your time. Well, we're the IDTA class, and we've done our time. It's time for other people to do their work in the church. I said, but y'all are fairly young. They were about my age now. And I said, you've got a lot to offer still. No, IDTA. Weeks went by and they made the mistake of inviting me to come teach their Sunday school class. And on that Sunday, I gathered with them and I read this passage of scripture from the Apostle Paul, who was then known as Saul and his conversion experience. And I said to them, don't ever forget you continue to be called by God. There is not a time frame on that. There is not an age limit on that. God continues to call you to do the work God expects you to do. You can no longer be the IDTA Sunday school class. Well, they did not like that. <laughs> a couple of weeks later, they invited me back to their Sunday school class. I went back in and they stood up and they said, we want to be clear. We are still the IDTA Sunday school class, but you want us over. Now IDTA no longer stands for I did that already. Now it stands for I'm doing that again. <laughs> we have to remember that when we are called by Christ and we hear Christ's call, he can call us at any point, at any time, at any age to do what needs to be done. We can't say, I did that already. We can't say, I've already served my time. There is no limit to what it is God can do with us when God chooses to call us. Saul was one who persecuted the early church. He was a zealot for the Jewish faith. This new group of people calling themselves followers of the way, we would call them Christians, were very irritating to Saul and very threatening to him as well. So he goes to the chief priests and asks permission. 
Can I scope out the Christians, infiltrate my way in, and have them imprisoned or even put to death? He is given permission to do so. He does it on several occasions, we find out, from his own pen and other writings. On his way to Damascus, Saul is knocked over, struck blind by the resurrected Christ who says to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? That is, why are you persecuting my church? He is blinded and he is given instruction to wait for further instruction. He is then held by his hand because he is blind. For the next three days he eats nothing and has nothing to drink. He is overcome. But this one named Saul would become the one we know to be the Apostle Paul. The one who persecuted the church would become the church's greatest evangelist of all time. The one who was struck blind by his voice, that is the voice of Christ speaking to him, would be the voice of the church. And when he could finally see his outlook on life, his vision was much different from anything it had been previously. Now notice what happens here. His call from Christ is very specific to him because his name is used. The resurrected Christ says, Saul, Saul. There are times in scripture when God calls us and God is very specific about the calling and to whom that calling rests on. Moses, Moses, you're going to go back from whence you came and free the Israelite people. The Virgin Mary is not called Mary. She is referred to as the favored one. She is given a title when her calling is made known to her as one who stands out, who is in favor above all others. If you read the end of the book of Romans, Paul singles out a woman by the name of Phoebe. He calls her by name, but Paul also gives her a title so that everybody understands she has been called by God to be a leader in the church. She is a deacon, says Paul, in the early church. So that ought to be enough for everybody who gets worked up when women have any role in the church of leadership. Remember, there were women deacons in the early days of the church. When we are called, it is a specific calling that is placed on us by Christ. And that was the case with Paul. We are never too old. We are never too incapacitated to do that which God would call us to do, whatever it may be. There are a lot of people who believe, well, God can call me to do what God needs me to do when I've got my life in order. Guess what? No one ever has their life in order. There's always something else that needs to be done, something else that needs to be straightened out or taken care of. Christ will call us when he chooses to call us to do what he would have us to do when he wants us to do it. Our responsibility is to hear Christ's call and respond accordingly as Saul did long ago. Now a calling can come in many forms. Sometimes a calling is after we have a relationship with Christ and it is a specific task that we are given. And sometimes a calling is a conversion experience 
We would say it's when you get saved. But here's the problem I have with some people with regard to being called by Christ. I have heard countless times in my lifetime people say, if you can't name the moment you were saved, then you've never been saved. That is an absurdity. That is not biblical. There is nothing in Scripture that says, unless you can name the moment, you haven't been saved. I know all kinds of people who know nothing but a relationship with Jesus Christ. They grew up in the church. It's all that they can remember. Saying, unless you can name the moment in which you were saved that you haven't been saved, is the equivalent of saying that if I can't name the moment that I fell in love with my wife, Susan, then I'm not really in love with her. That is idiotic. Listen to what William Mole says. He said, the roads of Christian faith are, ver are as varied as the people who profess it. God can come to us however God chooses. Why do we limit the way God can choose to come to us? Sometimes it takes a long period of time, and we experience God in a number of ways before we give in to the call. And sometimes it is immediate, but it is a vast, myriad experience in terms of the ways in which God can come to us. And why would God choose Saul? Saul hated the church. Saul went out of his way to imprison people. He held the coats of those who stoned Stephen to death. He was complicit in the murder of another human being. And yet God uses Saul to be the greatest evangelist the church would ever know. That seems so illogical, so irrational to me. But that's oftentimes how God chooses to do it. He chooses those who seem to be illogical, not a choice we would make. Or it seems to be irrational. It's not at the right time or the right place or the circumstances are not appropriate. But God's going to do what God chooses to do. I was serving a church. I had a young man in my congregation. He was probably in his late 30s at the time. I was in my late 20s. And he came to me, and we continually talked about his sense of calling. But every time he f talked about his sense of calling to leave his career and go in ministry, he would say, but I only have a high school diploma. That means I would have to go back in my late 30s to start college with people who are half my age. I'd have to give up my career. And he made a lot of money as a salesperson. He said, I'd have to sell my house and move my family, and I'm not going to do that. I said to him one day, I'm not sure why we continually have these conversations. If you are adamant that you are never going to give in to the call that has clearly been placed upon you by God. One day I was in my office. The phone rang. I answered it. It was this young man. And he said, I'm waving the white flag. I can't do it anymore. This makes no sense, John. I'm going to have to start all over again, literally with my life, and I'm almost 40 years of age. But I can't fight God anymore. He went back and started as a freshman in college at almost the age of 40. He sold his house, he took a little church, he moved his family, he obviously gave up his lucrative job. But he would have a highly successful career in ministry and feel that sense of fulfillment and purpose in his life that had been nagging at him since he was a little boy. Because he listened to the call and finally surrendered. Not everybody who's called is called to be ordained, but every one of us is called to be faithful and to live out that faithfulness in some particular way.
Remember what scripture says, Paul, this one named Saul who was converted on the road to Damascus would one day be the apostle Paul. And he said, we become a new creation in Christ Jesus and the old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. When we give our lives to Jesus Christ, everything is new. We have a new purpose, a new reason for being, a new challenge that lies before us to be who God would have us to be in the unique and powerful way in which God has called us. It makes everything crystal clear. See, some people strive to achieve believing that the sense of purpose and fulfillment can be accomplished in professional successes, and that's true to some degree. Or reaching a certain level of income or a certain level of education or living in a particular neighborhood or whatever it may be. But I can promise you none of those things ultimately are satisfactory enough to take away that deep yearning all of us have to know that we have a real purpose and a real reason for being in the world. All the money in the world can't satisfy that. All the power and all the prestige can't eliminate the desire we have to know our real purpose in the world, to accomplish something good for the sake of the kingdom of God. We are inherently made that way because we are created in the image of God. I had one man in my church who was extraordinarily successful. He was a multimillionaire, a high-ranking executive. He visited me with me one day and he told me his story. He was very involved in my church, but he said, I never went to church not once in my life till I was well into my 40s. I'd never darkened the doors of a church. I was highly successful in the corporate world, but I never felt a sense of accomplishment or fulfillment. And then one day in a conversation with somebody about not feeling that sense of fulfillment and purpose, a friend of mine invited me to church. And I thought, well, it'll be a waste of time, but I'll do what he wanted me to do. And he said, my life was changed in that moment. He still made a lot of money. He still accomplished a great deal and was a high-powered executive. But now he translated his call from God into the work he did for the sake of Jesus Christ. And he did so much good for so many that he would have never done otherwise had it not been for him hearing Christ's call on his life. So I want you to think very quickly about your own life. God is calling you, I promise, to do something and to be someone beyond who you are presently. It happens to all of that. And we can never say to God, IDTA, I did that already. We may have done it already and God may want us to do it again, but you know what? That's okay. God knows what's best and God knows our skill set and God knows how to use us for the greater good. It is never too late to be who God would have you to be, to do something great and good for the kingdom. And that's not only the case for individuals, that is the case for a church. So Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church is now positioned to hear Christ's call. And part of my responsibility is to listen to other people who have a vision for this church and to help create that vision for what we can do and who we can be beyond the walls of this particular structure and well out into the world. And the harvest is plentiful. We are going to do that. We are going to do so much good for so many well beyond Little Rock, Arkansas. You hang on because God, I believe, is calling this church 
to be who God would have us to be. And we're going to do it together because it's our collective call. We're never going to say, I did that already. You know what we're going to say? I'm doing that again, and I'm grateful for the privilege. That's what it means to be called by God as the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I would say faith is about the belief that you have in God and like putting all of your trust in God and in the church, especially in the community of the church, because I feel like that's something that's really important to like keep hold of. A lot of it was, I've just been going to church for a long time and then like as the years have gone by, I've just learned more about the church and more about like the Bible. And then especially this year, going to Bible study and youth like it's just been a whole journey of like being with friends and with like adults that are helping us learn about God. So I had never really done a formal Bible study before and then with Ellen and with um, the other adults and kids in the group, like we just take each verse and we like break it down. And at the beginning, like we weren't very good at it and it would take like a lot of help from Ellen, but now we can do a lot of it like with barely any guidance from her. So it's like good to see our growth in that. I would say a lot of it is just in the community that I'm in, just coming to church every Wednesday and Sunday and just seeing like all the people that wanna be here, just like I wanna be here. I think just being with people and like having discussions about like things. And I feel like a lot of things in my life, like there's like, fields crossing over so like the things I talk about in my classes kind of cross over with what we talk about in church and it just like feels like it's coming together in a way that's like not on purpose I guess. Does that, do you find meaning in that? Yeah, like it's cool like I just think about like the thing in my art class matches with my comp gov class, it matches with my lit class and then like it just seems like it's coming together like, like perfectly, even though it doesn't, like, shouldn't happen like that. Good morning. I bring you greetings from the Pulaski Heights Foundation Board. It is my pleasure this morning to announce awards from three of our foundation scholarship programs for the 2022 and 2023 school year. The Stanley and Armenta Berry Music and Arts Scholarship Endowment has awarded over, 50, or over 40 scholarships since 2009. There are two new awards this year. We welcome this morning Arabella Canaday, a graduating senior from Little Rock Central High School, Bella has been a voice student of Jim Mays in the Adventures in the Arts program and will pursue a degree in musical theater and performance. We're happy to recognize her this morning and she's on the far pulpit side. Also, uh, also Henry Rye will study organ performance and sacred music at St. Olaf College in Minnesota. 
Henry's grandmother, Anne Rye, was our organist several years ago, and his aunt, Karen Barnwell, is a faithful member of PHUMC and is representing Henry as he could not be here with us this morning. We're grateful to the Berry family for making these scholarships possible. Established in 2017 to honor coach Jimmy Faulkner for his 40 years of coaching and leadership in the Church League basketball program, the Jimmy Faulkner Basketball Scholarship is awarded this morning to Wren Hollingsworth. She, she has been active in PH Youth, serving in many, many leadership capacities and, of course, playing on the PHMC basketball team. She plans to study art history at the UA, at UA Fayetteville campus this fall. Wren, we offer special congratulations to you from Coach Faulkner, who could not be here to greet you personally. In recent years, a gift has been made from the Little Joe and the BK Scholarship Fund to youth missions for the general support of Ozark Mission Project. But this year, members of the 50s and 60s rock and roll band, which originated in 1980 with all PHUMC members, wanted to return to giving an individual scholarship to the student who has participated in all aspects of regular Sunday youth activities as well as mission work and youth leadership. And this morning we recognize Allison Gadbury as a scholarship recipient. As you saw her in Acts of Faith video a few moments ago, she represents PHUMC youth very well. Allison will attend George Washington University to study statistics and data science. And we will uh, have more information about each of these scholarships and each of these uh, young recipients in the upcoming e-news and tower newsletter, but want to extend our special congratulations this morning to Arabella, Henry, Wren, and Allison. We wish you Godspeed. We are grateful to honor our graduating seniors today, and it is because you give that our wide range of youth programming is available to all youth in the church and in the community. From birth to death, from the youngest to the oldest, we join with each other in ministries of all shapes and forms. And this evening, these seniors we honor this morning will join with our seasoned saints for fellowship, food, and fun at Seniors with Seniors Bingo Night at 5.30 in Wesley Hall, and you are all welcome. And now, as we prepare to give our offerings, you may place them in the plates as they are passed, or for those who are joining us via our broadcast and streaming services, you may participate as well in one of the ways shown now on your screen. As the ushers come forward, will you pray with me? We are grateful for the opportunity to give back a small portion of what we know comes only from you, O oh Lord. May we be as generous in our giving as we are in our love for you and for each other. It is in your holy name that we pray. Amen.
your hearts. We lift them out to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. With your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. is your son Jesus Christ by baptism of his suffering death and resurrection you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit on the night he gave himself up for us he took the bread he gave thanks he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and said take and eat this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me after the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to God. And then he gave it to his disciples. He gave it to his friends and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And the power of your Holy Spirit, your church, has continued breaking this bread and sharing this cup. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of grain and grape. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. And now with the confidence as children of God, let us say together the prayer Christ taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
We'll have three stations here this morning. The one in the center will be gluten-free, and on each side will be regular bread and juice. And you're invited to come forward at the direction of the ushers. Remember, this table is open to all. So come at the direction of the ushers.
We give God thanks for our graduating seniors and for the Pelosi privilege we have of recognizing Church. We invite you to visit our website to let us know you were a part of our viewing community today or to learn more about how you can get involved in our ongoing mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world.